This week on the Cynical Optimist Podcast... Is a shorter run better for Doctor Who Series 13? Does Xbox have a smoking problem? And can we come up with a better Avengers game in our discussion? Hello and welcome to the Cynical Optimist, the result of a bite from a radioactive podcaster. I am Phil. And I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where we review the film, TV and gaming news of the week, and in the second half we talk about stuffing in the popular culture in more detail, from debating, to reviews, to even pitching our own ideas. This week, we are taking a look at the lacklustre reception to the recent Marvel's Avengers game, but in reality, we're just using it as an excuse to pitch our own Avengers game, which would be way better if they did that instead. <laughs> but before we get going, how are you, Nick? I'm good. For a second there, when you did the intro, I thought we were going to be reviewing um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I panicked slightly, because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played that at all. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought of that line, and I was like, that's so much more a better Spider-Man line. Yeah. Like doing a Spider-Man. But I think we... We did f- talk about doing Miles Morales, but we've decided not... I don't know, I don't think it's on the schedule for this season. Currently. Well, no, I, I probably will play it. It looks amazing. Um, yeah, I've seen really, really good stuff from it. But um, probably won't be a thing. I probably won't get it till Christmas, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's a problem sometimes. Is like, back, in the, back when we could go outside to cinemas, cinema was just far cheaper than trying to buy a game. Yeah. And it was um much less time as well. Especially for a man who worked in a cinema, it was it was I want to say free for me. <laughs> yeah, well I I would expect so, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we do like doing like new games on this on this show, but we have to do a bit more planning around it because then like saying like oh, I've got a free evening to watch the film. Mm. It's like I've got a free week to play enough of the game that I won't be, you know, talking absolute nonsense when I review it. Which is why this is not a review of Avengers, because I've not played it. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, what we... This is uh, looking at kind of the controversy around it and kind of the uh, the criticisms of it hmm. and what we would do if we were put in the position of making the Avengers game between us. But that's later. Later on we'll talk about that, because now it's time for Film and TV News! Let's go! <laughs> uh, so, Constantine 2 is in development. Uh, this is according to Peter Stormare, who played uh, Lucifer in the original movie. Um, this, this was a bizarre one that I didn't know I'd ever be reporting on, but the first movie was released in 2005, didn't do massively well at the box office, but obviously now Keanu has that that sweet sweet pulling power. Hmm. The studio are seemingly keen again. Well, um, hasn't con- hasn't he been playing Constantine in the Arrowverse as well? In like only like one or t- one or two scenes, but Keanu Reeves. No, 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 no. The um the guy who played it in the original movie. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, because he has a he has an episode that he comes into Arrow. I will just no double- no that's uh, that's Tom Ellis. 
Nice. That's Hold on. It's Arrow me. season four. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. <laughs> this is like something that I actually know. Phil's about to find out that it's actually Tom Ellis who plays Lucifer in the Arrowverse. But there we go. Uh, yes, Phil, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know it was like a weird contractual thing. He turns up for like one episode and then leaves. Yeah. And that's it. The entire I thing. I but still. Thinking, I think you're thinking of Tom Ellis. Um No, I'm thinking of um <laughs> Constantine. Have you seen the original movie? No. <laughs> I feel we should. I, I kinda wanna watch it now. Now that I know a sequel is in development that might sort of push up the demand for the original. I'd watch it. Keanu's yeah. good, isn't he? Yeah, like that Keanu Reeves, he's a decent guy. Yeah. How weird is it that we're in this kind of era now where like you can go through various iterations of, of the same character and then just sort of bring back what's popular. Yeah, it's kind of um reboots aren't really final anymore. No. Like cancellations aren't really final anymore. Yeah. It's it's literally a world where if something becomes a sleeper hit, yeah. like several years after its release, it's not beyond the world of imagination that the studio will suddenly revisit it. Yeah. No, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because time was, like, you found a film a few years after its release and it had had a poor launch, but you liked it, then there's no chance. Like, that was probably, you know, the rights for that were probably just hidden away somewhere mm. with no one really interested in it because it didn't do the box office numbers. Yeah, that's um same with some TV now as well. Like, uh, what's the um that that TV series? I can't remember what it's called. The one about the murderer. Oh, I can't remember. That's coming back for like one last season. Um, the one about uh, the murderer. The one about the murderer. You know, yeah, <laughs> that one. That's coming back for one more series. I'm gonna have to look that up. There's quite a few murder, murder shows. Murderer show returning. 2021. It's one of those shows. Oh, Dexter. Dexter. Thank you very much. Okay. I a- actually came up with that for the from the Google search. So, ha. Google's getting too good. I, I'd have thought that had just been like, here are a list of murder shows. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's coming back for one more. Clone Wars obviously did. Um, mm. Can we talk briefly about The Mandalorian? Yeah. I mean, you- it was bound to happen at some point. Are you glad you binged? Uh, mild spoilers for for chapter eleven. Yeah, uh, chapter ten, chapter eleven. No, eleven. Eleven. Yeah, you're right because it's uh, season two started on nine, didn't it? Yeah. Um, you, you binged the Clone Wars as well, didn't you? Or did you not? No, you I did. Yet. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I've watched all of Clone Wars. I haven't started um, Rebels. Rebels or anything like that yet, but I've seen well, Clone Wars. I think it's it's crazy to me that they were able to sort of green light that, that final season of the Clone Wars and put it in between season 1 and 2 of the Mandalorian because it's it's wild isn't it because this season of the Mandalorian's obviously got a lot more references to those characters hmm. and it almost would have been like confusing if if I don't know if they hadn't wrapped up the Clone Wars but the fact that they were able to sort of it, I don't know I'm just like I thought it was a yeah. really, really, really great episode. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard returned to direct. She did chapter four of the last season. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. And and the fact that they're sort of 
it seems as if there's a bit more of a sort of controlling hand in in the the, the structure of the show, which I think is a really good thing because mm. because obviously then you can tie in um, stuff that happened in the Clone Wars to the Mandalorian. Um, again, I won't I won't drop any of the big names in case you haven't seen it yet. But um, if you're listening. But yeah. no, really, really, really cool. Um, really excited to see where that show's going. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to next week's episode now. Yeah. I mean, the season, as much as I can't blame it in some ways, it definitely has been like, okay, I'll give you what you need if you do this. Which yeah. gets them to the next person says, okay, I'll give you what you need <laughs> yeah. if you do this. And that's like this is repeated like every single week so far. But I don't, <laughs> don't particularly mind it because the plot is still moving forward. Yeah, it is. If it was, like, moving sideways at any point, like, oh, actually, we've not got you any further forward, we're just pushing you onto another person who's going to get you to do something. It's a series of fetch quests, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's the thing. It is like a, like a video game plot. Yeah. Zack Snyder has dropped a little more info on the film known as Zack Snyder's extensively rewritten, reshot, and re-edited version of the 2017 movie of the same name, Justice League. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Jared Leto's Joker, he said, I wanted to, of course, honour what had been created with him. Uh, I thought it was really cool. But also, some water has gone under the proverbial bridge between when we last saw him in this sort of appearance. He's a road-weary Joker. I guess that's a way of saying it. Um, so it sounds like he's he's kind of... <laughs> what? He, it sounds like he's kind of changing the vibe of, of what they did with Suicide Squad. Okay, um, they but they sort of road weary Joker. Hmm. So rather than like, you know, like laughing and lying in like knives or whatever, he's going to be more like, "Did you know we live in a society?" Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that is literally in in the in the in the truest possible way. They've obviously taken some inspiration from from the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker and, and thought that worked well. No one really liked Suicide Squad, so let's just change this up a bit. Um, it's unknown, like where I don't know where this camp. I, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna assume it's a cameo of sorts. Where where it's gonna appear in the story could be in the sort of future scenes. So it could be like way further down the road, based on what he's saying. Because that film's only set about a year after Justice Li- after uh, Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, I don't think it's very long, is it? Cause- no. Well, in Suicide Squad, obviously, that one of the motivators is obviously, oh no, Superman's dead. Mm. So we need we need defenders, and these guys have powers, some of them. <laughs> uh, so let's do that. I yeah. So I don't I don't know the official timeline because like I know like DC just doesn't really focus on that so much. They just like they just give you a vague idea of what happened before. Yeah. But yeah, I just I don't know. So the I assume Zack Snyder's remastered, refought, redone, rebudgeted, uh, recooked, <laughs> un, you know, Justice League. Yeah, it's still going to end, begin and end at the same point. So there's just going to be more stuff in it. Well, who knows? Um, I don't know. It could it could end on a totally different. Like, apparently, there's been some murmurings of his ideas for a Justice League two. So who knows whether they're just going to drop. The theatrical cut completely. Um, I just don't know. Well, that well, you know that if it's four one-hour shows, you could fit two twenty-seven just 
2017 Justice League's in there, so maybe he's just going to make the sequel the second two parts. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still kind of looking forward to it. Um, hmm. <laughs> going to the Hollywood Reporter, Chris Pratt is uh, has joined the cast of Thor Love and Thunder. Um it's been quite. This has been quite big news, but I, I'm going to assume it's kind of a bit of a bit part. I think it's probably quite early on, because um, obviously we know that Thor left with the Guardians at the end of Endgame. Yeah, so this was kind of my, I guess, line of thought with all of this. Is originally Guardians Three was going to be coming out first, wasn't it? That's still like written and ready. Yeah. So in certain ways, like. For Love and Thunder can't change too much about the Guardian status quo because they still have it. But I don't know if because obviously Endgame was all written and being prepared, whether Four was at any point a part of Guardians Free script. Mm. So I'm not sure if yeah, I assume it'll be a bit part. Maybe they'll just drop Four off somewhere. Exactly. I think it'll be a bit of sort of similar banter to what we had on the uh, on their ship at the beginning mm. of Infinity War I think maybe there'll be like a sort of campy it's a Taika movie so maybe there'll be like a campy montage of like because Star-Lord obviously mentioned that he wanted to lose a bit of weight so maybe there'll be like a training montage with him and Thor yeah I wouldn't be surprised something like that and just like showing like the the day to day of like ship life mm. Or showing, like, maybe there'll be some, like, heists and things. You'll just see clips from the heists. Mm. But where, like, Thor has, like, derailed it. Or just made it a lot simpler using, like, his god powers. Yeah. But then I think I think as soon as he gets into into the, the, the Thor... The Thor... The Thor 4. The, the Thor 4. The Thor 4 plot. I think that will be where he sort of goes it on his own. And, and, and leaves the Guardians behind sort of thing. Mm. I'm assuming. I, I don't think it's going to be, like, a big, big part. Well, it's probably going to be some kind of, like, self-reflection, self-discovery kind of thing for Thor, isn't it? After That's it, yeah. Endgame. Yeah. Because he, he did get, like, quite a good bit of um, development throughout those two films. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they build on that. Definitely. It's now confirmed 2020 is a entirely MCU-less year. Um, this comes after WandaVision was confirmed to come out in 2021. So, yeah. And it means that the number one film of the year is looking set to be Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that film. It's alright. Like, in any <laughs> other year, it would not have been, like, number one. Yeah. But it, is, it is maybe the funniest film that could have been number one this year. Mm. Because, like, it's it's it was decent. Yeah. <laughs> It still is kind of funny to me whenever I think, oh, the last time I went to the cinema was to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And I haven't been able to go since. No. You should, you should check Tenet out. Or not. It's Well, I mean, you can't now anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a moot point now. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is apparently top of Warner Bros. list for the role of Grindelwald. Last week we spoke about um, Johnny Depp's exited the franchise. I like Mads a lot, and I don't really want him to stoop to this. Yeah, I don't. As much as I, he would do a great job because he, you know, he does a good job in whatever you know film he takes part in. I, no, I just <laughs> can't. You just give it back to Farrell, and he can just take it one more film. Yeah, 
and then the the last two films can be just zoo adventures again. Yeah. Like maybe the Sahara and his animals get loose. Yeah. And then another one in like Antarctica. Hmm. And as as animals just get loose again, like I wouldn't mind that. Just two little goofy movies. <laughs> and occasionally he gets a telegram just saying like, ah, oh, uh, Dumbledore won the war against Grindelwald. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, like an owl just show up with like the latest what's happening in like the war plot. But you know, yeah. it's a film called Fantastic Beasts at the end of the day. Yeah, I just it was a confusing. Ah, oh, this is such a badly produced franchise, isn't it? It really is just that's why I don't want Mads involved. It's just so badly produced, um, mm. and like, I'm not saying the first film didn't have merits because I really think it did. But I think like I don't know why would you co- why would you name the whole franchise Fantastic Beasts because now you've got to kind of in the midst of like the greatest wizarding war that's ever existed in this fight against this like big fascist Grindelwald bloke and and like suddenly you've just kind of got to shoehorn in the B plot of of Newt letting his beasts loose around and and this and the other. it's just like why would you why would you put the franchise as Fantastic Beasts why not call it the Wizarding War Part One Part Two like ugh, I just don't know yeah and then that highlights the problem of why the Fantastic Beasts are the B plot in a film called Fantastic Beasts yeah and it's just I don't know just the whole second film is you could, you could make analogies and like comparisons to how it's just bad producing and story structure till we know we get we, we've got like a whole number five six shows worth of material that we could do probably. we could just do the entire podcast we could just rename ourselves just like every reason why crimes at grindelwald is terrible but yeah it's just just do one more film wrap up all the overarching plot stuff mm. and then let newt go do some other stuff for like two films they can be 90 minutes as well mm. and have him have his human companion because then it's like almost like a Doctor Who-ish vibe yeah because you've got the person there to be like oh what's that Newt and he's like <laughs> that's a bumble squitch <laughs> that's that's basically what the whole first film was and it was it was fun I enjoyed yeah. it a lot I liked the setting I liked everything um, yeah but who knows I mean JK's taking a bit of a backseat Depp's out who knows? Oh, but they've they've got themselves in so many tanglements, haven't they? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like even if the third film is like the best film in the world, at most you would just watch the third film on repeat rather than watch because unless it's done in such a way that I could watch the first one and then just skip to the third one. <laughs> yeah, you probably could. <laughs> I kind of want them to retcon some of that stuff. In order to just, just to sort of neaten it up a bit, I'd kind of want them to just ignore the fact that Ezra Miller's now a Dumbledore or whatever that happened at the end of that movie. Oh yeah, <sighs> and then he like blows up a mountain. Yeah. Lame. A new Doctor Who animated series launched this week. I don't know if you saw it. It's called Daleks. Sorry, it's called Daleks! With an exclamation mark. Is this part of this event they're doing which is like Time, Time Lord, Lord Victorious? Victorious. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like this major sprawling event because it's like audiobooks, comics, yeah, animated series. It's kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's sort of set all over the place, isn't it? Because I've done like a DVD collection of, well, sorry, Blu-ray collection of of the sort of the journey to that, and it's about all of the sort of Doctor's sort of most arrogant sort of moments where he 
where they sort of are like they they believe they they won the the time war and this that and the other. Hmm. Um, I watched the Waters of Mars again the other day. It's really good. Yeah, I haven't rewatched that one in ages. Is that where you are with your rewatch? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's where I'm up to. So, uh, and I've done End of Time Part One. I've got one more to go of the David Tennant stuff. Will I move on to the Moffat era? I don't know if I will. <laughs> I think see, series five is u- pr- usually fine. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I like a lot of. I like the the Capaldi and uh, Bill, the twelve twelve Doctor with Bill. I like that series a lot. But then I've got to get through Clara. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, this is a part of that Time Lord Victorious event. Um, the series is free to watch on YouTube. The animation is 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 hokey. It's it's <laughs> it's a bit budget. Oh. Um, which is a bit of a shame. I think I don't know. I, th- I feel like some they they sort of rushed to get it out, and maybe like people worked from home through COVID and this, that, and the other. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I. The BBC isn't this like small independent production company. Yeah, but it, it probably can't give the same money to these like big event pieces. No, as like Marvel or DC can. No, but they could have had like quite a cool kind of proper spin-off show. Like the animation is is it's bad, Phil. It's it's oh, okay. it's bad. Like when char- when characters with legs move, they don't like step and turn round. That the entire body, like their their legs, just little rotate on the spot. It's like, like it was done like Gary's mod or something. It's yeah, it's bad. It's it's bad. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. I'm not. I'm not discrediting this series because I think there's some cool stuff in it. But like, do you know? Do you remember when Doctor Who used to have like five spin-off shows? Yeah, like right in the peak of the Tenant era, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just yeah. I feel like. I think they sort of they match their budget obviously to how the show's doing but also if you put the budget into the show it'll do better it'll do better won't it I don't know because when, when it all when it all just looks a bit cheap the sort of the that's when that's when you sort of show the gaps isn't it yeah and like I get it as part of like this big event hmm. piece that they're doing like because it's like a lot of interconnected stuff isn't it yeah about the time war yeah but yeah you'd You'd want to put at least a little bit of budget in, hmm. or maybe it's just like the budget is just spread too thin because it seems like they're doing a lot of stuff. Hmm. So maybe they just didn't really budget it well enough. They're like they greenlit too many things and were like, oh, actually, each of you only gets a hundred pounds now. Cause yeah, I suppose because they're having to bring they're bringing back a lot of ex doctors as well for some of the uh, big finish stuff. So I mean, yeah, it probably is quite a big. I mean, obviously the the, the big thing. Big thing, big finish. It. The um, the thing of note about that is uh, Chris Eccleston is doing one, isn't he? Yes. I don't know. Is that part of the Time Lord Victorious thing? I don't really know. It but... is. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's after obviously, like, by the sounds of it, he's he's had good reason not to really want to go back to that role over the years. And we were talking about him last week as as part of our James Bond discussion, mm. funnily enough. But I think it's really good, and I think most old doctors end up embracing it in a way, don't they? And coming back, to do yeah. Stuff. It's also it probably helps. This isn't in any part like part of the BBC, really, is it? I think he's got a bit of a disdain towards towards the Beeb, whereas this is yeah. Big Finish, is sort of a different company, and it's good that he gets excited about that sort of thing again. Because um, hmm. yeah, he's he's brilliant. 
There's also rumours that the next series, series 13, will only be eight episodes. Um, yes, I saw that. This is sort of COVID-related time and budgetary pressures. Um, not sure if that includes the holiday special as well. I'm... I don't know. I, I This could be a good thing, because I think I'd quite like a more focused run. Because I think, like, creativity sort of... You, you get to pick the best ones when you're on a sort of shorter run, aren't, don't you? You kind of... You, you have to sort of be creative with what with Wait, what you Wait, it show. depends. Depends if they're, they've still got the budget for the same number of episodes, or mm. whether the budget has been almost like a taken down in proportion with the number of episodes. Yeah. That's, that's the main reason sometimes you get some of those uh, lesser episodes, is because you don't have the same budget for the the writing or the sets mm. yeah although saying true. that Russell T obviously always was a very good manager of budget because he just wrote really scary episodes which only take place in one room midnight yeah yeah I yeah I did that quite recently as well and like that's a that's a phenomenal episode it shows it's just so simple it's just the setting anyone could could have filmed that yeah uh, I, okay sorry there's a couple of sort of exterior shots and CG shots but like anyone could have filmed could have booked just like a cheap looking bus and and green screen the windows and 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 done that like it's <laughs> it that is a that is a good really good example of how yeah you can sometimes manage the budget um again Moffat did it with the sort of with that big castle episode with just peter capaldi sort of wandering around monologuing yeah that had a one or two like cg bits didn't it but outside of that it was yeah. just an old castle and it was just Peter Capaldi monologuing. Yeah, there's definitely there's, I, I, yeah, budget doesn't necessarily. I know we were just talking about the budget on the animation, but this is the thing: is that it's not it's not all to do with budget because with that animation, I don't know if they were, I don't know if if they were if they managed it well, maybe they could have got sort of fans to animate like a, a segment at a time, sort of thing, or or like a host of different sort of. Um, Animate 2D animation styles. I, I don't know, but it's yeah. I, I think you can be creative with a tiny budget. Mm. Um, and the thing is, is that we're, we're talking as if Doctor Who doesn't have a, an enorm, a relatively enormous budget. We're talking as if the BBC is this sort of independent studio or something. But actually, I don't know. Yeah, and given that Doctor Who is one of their biggest money makers. Yeah, and <laughs> if they did just put the money in, like I, I, I think it was under the Tenant era where it went properly international for the first time yeah I think the tenant era was like taking it international hmm. and then the first time I remember it being like established international was the beginning of the Matt Smith era because hmm. I remember like the Doctor Who specials were looking at like oh and this is BBC America's premiere event right. they did yeah and I'm not sure if the Moffat episode the uh the Matt Smith series five episodes still have those like intro bits mm. do you remember like of how other american tv shows have it where like the one of the characters says what the premise of the show is if you didn't catch it last week oh you know like how arrow does like i swear to s- protect this city and that's like how every uh, right okay i am arrow right okay, okay. yeah <laughs> like the uh, the american uh, broadcast of doctor who series 5 at the very least had like I'm Amy Pond. When I was a little girl, a man oh, in a blue yeah. box landed in my garden. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Curious. So I think that was the first time it became quite noticeable, because I think Netflix has those broadcasts. 
And right. like, obviously the BBC America and then I wouldn't be surprised if that's why Series 6 uh, opener is set in America. Yeah. Because of that kind of... The Matt Smith era did grow like the American audience at the very least. Yeah. But yeah, it's exciting. We should be getting a... Well, I mean, we're doing a Doctor Who episode soon, right? Next week? Yeah. So, um, what, next Monday is 57 years of Doctor Who? Mm, the iconic... 57th anniversary <laughs> so maybe we can just look at everything that's going to be taking you know comprising this time lord victorious talk in a bit more detail about what we think of the most recent seasons talk mm. about the christmas special that kind of stuff oh there'll be some moffat rants oh i'm sure but will there be any <laughs> chibnall criticisms yes probably and having having watched the that Russell T stuff as well, like I, there's definitely some criticisms in there. Like I, I think it probably was my favourite era, but there is there's stuff to uh, there's there's stuff to be desired in in, in those two. <laughs> so the last two weeks, uh, the gaming news has been pretty straightforward stuff for the games industry. Uh, that's not to take away any of the impact from the successful launches of new consoles or the fact that CD Projekt Red, using Crunch in its production of Cyberpunk 2077, is indefensible. Uh, what I kind of mean by this is that there's not been a good Fallout 76 style story, which leaves me kind of amused and intrigued, and is kind of one of the reasons I quite enjoy doing the reporting on the games world, because <laughs> it's just kind of silly. So. Imagine that when there was this viral video of an Xbox smoking from the top, <laughs> that I was kind of pleased in a weird way. <laughs> this is the games industry that I know, and this is the one that I've been reporting on for six seasons. The video quickly went viral after it was posted by Nick Blanco on Twitter, showing smoke coming from his console. Uh, other claims being made around it was that the there was a grinding noise coming from it. However... It didn't take very long for people to question the claim, and the user who posted the video uh, came forward and admitted that it was faked using a vape pen. <laughs> On one hand, this was really disappointing, because it's like, oh, that's just quite funny. <laughs> On the other, kind of a relief, um, because that's like worse than Red Ring of Death, that's worse than like well, yeah. most other console problems. Yeah. Oh no, and you'd be guided if you had just spent... Four hundred pounds or whatever it is on the Series X, and suddenly it started smoking up. But then, Nick, when I was doing my reading around it just to make sure I had all my facts right yesterday, another twist in that. But even before that, so this get, taking now from a story from Inverse dot com, mm. uh, posted on the twelfth of November, there was actually a video uploaded that was a genuine video of an Xbox smoking. Huh. That appeared first. Oh really? And yeah. And actually, um and you can kind of well it's from a Polish user uh called uh Arak Adam Auschwitz and he it's just him tweeting at Xbox Poland uh and it is just his Xbox smoking and he's and he's done one or two comments for people saying you know, he just came back in the room and saw it and just picked up his film, phone and started filming kind of thing as mm. proof. But he's now kind of, like, adamant that his is actually genuine. Hmm. Um, and Xbox Poland are apparently on, on the case, like, to investigate that. But kind of because there's been, like, the faked 
one. Yeah. The plot thickens. People are now not believing him, and it's very difficult to draw the line. Yeah. But considering... I don't know whether... Unless you were trying to, like, get Xbox... Po- unless he was, like, trying to get Xbox Poland to send him a new one, but they were sending an engineer around to look at it rather than just send him a replacement. Yeah. So makes me think there's a bit of credence behind it. Yeah. But this has just been the roller coaster I've been looking for. First it was real, then it was fake, now it's real again. <laughs> Do you see the uh, the Xbox tweet... Yes, I was going to go to that. So Xbox, uh, regular, you know, Xbox USA or mm. at Xbox uh, have tweeted. Uh, we can't believe we have to say this, but please do not blow vape smoke into your Xbox Series X. <laughs> 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 um, which is fair because obviously that is moisture getting into electronics. Yeah. So it's really, really strange actually. And do, have you seen that there's been one or two people posting pictures uh, about PS5s overheating as well? No. So supposedly that is also being posted. But How the hell has the PS5 got a thermal management problem? Like <laughs> the size of that thing. <laughs> I know, and actually this is a bit of a this is a bit of a tangent, but it is is related. One of my headlines I found this week was, and well, the headline is kind of giving away the lead, but it's the original PS5 design was initially a lot bigger. <laughs> oh God. And this is like an interview with the senior art director, uh, Eugene Murasawa, who was designing the PlayStation 5. And this is reported on Game Informer, for anyone who wants to read the full mm. comments. But he said uh, when he started drawing, it was much larger. And then engineering came back to him and were like, no, that's too big. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminds me of that um, Simpsons clip. I want the biggest PlayStation you have. <laughs> No, that's too big. <laughs> Supposedly, he was inspired by the term five dimensions for the design. Right. And he wanted the PlayStation 5 to give off the impression of le- living in a parallel world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> uh, but no, the PlayStation has also been having a few reports of overheating, but then... Because of this one, for the Xbox, it's been known now to be faked. Mm. Uh, it has muddied the waters a lot more. I guess we'll know what the legitimate ones are by the ones that actually go to the console manufacturers for an actual solution rather than just trying to get it to go viral. Yeah. Did you see the um? Do you see the clearly fake PlayStation One? That was him plugging his PlayStation in and being like, "Oh yeah, let's play the new PlayStation." It comes up on his screen as "Gay Station." He goes, "What?" <laughs> I did so see that. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. On the large part, they're still having like a good launch, and obviously, as we said yesterday, they're, they're getting pretty good reviews across the board for both consoles. But as with all things, well, as with being an early adopter for anything, you do have to be careful and. Don't blow smoke into your Xbox. Is yeah, the kind of lesson here. Yeah. Uh, so now we've got a pair of EA stories, specifically <laughs> FIFA stuff. So the first one is that EA has got yet another class action lawsuit because of loot boxes, um, and that is the actual headline that GamesIndustry.biz went with. Mm. Because obviously they've had to face off quite a few with the whole question of our loot boxes gambling. So this was uh, specifically around what is called dynamic difficulty adjustment. So this is something that EA have been using in their games. 
And basically what it does is if you're either, if it's either too easy for you or you're finding it too difficult, it will dynamically adjust the difficulty of the AI. Right, okay. Basically what the impression is, obviously, to keep you playing for longer. Because mm. if it's too easy, you're going to stop. If it's too difficult, you're going to stop. Yeah. But supposedly this is linked to how this is used without it being stated as being used in games like Madden, FIFA, NHL, and the kind of the the class action suits kind of linking it to you know trying to push pet players into purchasing loot boxes by using it right yeah so that's quite an interesting one obviously it goes into kind of the psychology of marketing and stuff like that obviously EA are denying claims and that will be going to court in North California Mm -hmm. in kind of a similar way you know, the EA hand giveth and the EA hand taketh away in <laughs> weird regard. Uh, EA have launched this week a spend tracking tool for FIFA called FIFA Playtime, a tool that gives uh, FIFA 21 players information on how much time and money they've spent in the game, hmm. as well as uh, gives the ability to actually limit it. Okay. So obviously, you know, loot boxes are bad, microtransactions are, you know, unnecessary. Hmm. FIFA is just the same game released every year. If you're a Switch user, it is literally the same game released every year. <laughs> but this is actually good, and I think as a tool to use of if it is your kids playing FIFA is very positive. Because it may be that, okay, you can spend a little bit of money on Ultimate Team, but only a little bit, so the parents can come and put in limits on like how much they can play FIFA, how much they can spend. Broadly... I think that's a pretty good thing. But, obviously, the better thing would be just to have a complete game at launch. <laughs> da, 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 da. Hey. <laughs> now we're talking about um, launches. Uh, and, obviously, this uh, kind of connects into one of the stories we were discussing earlier. Xbox Series X slash S is the biggest console launch in Microsoft's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, Assassin's Creed Valhalla doubles Odyssey's player base really? at, at launch. So more people have bought that. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Valhalla is like a Viking game, isn't it, in many ways? Yeah. So I'm not surprised it's done quite well. Yeah. The Assassin's Creed games... Uh, one of my friends listens to this podcast and sent me a message uh, saying they're very disappointed that I don't know any Assassin's Creed knowledge. <laughs> um, but Valhalla looks like it would be, you know quite fun being like a like a viking adventure well yeah that's it i think they're sort of they've they've they're blowing blurring the line with each sort of game at sort of what is it actually assassin's creed at this point i'd quite like to see like a sort of return to i don't know because when 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 they sort of start i think what would sort of regain my interest in that franchise is if they sort of return to kind of three-ish games in a roughly similar era where you can sort of pick up story strands from from the previous one so i loved yeah i loved obviously you had uh two three and um revelations, revelations? It? yeah it was two brotherhood then revelations with the Ezio story and then you had the sort yeah. of uh, you had the kenway story with connor and his father and and then it went to rogue and you had sort of similar you had the parents of certain characters and where their story begins. You had the sort of overarching modern day plot, which I'm not sure has been part of. The, the last one I played was Origins, and I only played about 
I don't know, a quarter of the way through that because yeah, just didn't, it's not really hooking me these days. But Valhalla looks fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, it shows that Assassin's Creed as a franchise still has the pull and power, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think this one, this one is a bit, this one is a bit more sort of a iconic sort of standalone thing. What was the last one? Ancient Egypt. Is Greece, I think. Oh, was Orig- it? Origins was Egypt. Yes, that was the one I played. Then, then Odyssey, Odyssey was, was Greece. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with Super Mario Odyssey, where <laughs> Mario is an assassin. <laughs> In what is, I can only call some quite positive news to report, is there was uh, some surveying recently, and it's found that half of US and UK players want more diverse characters in games. Yeah. Obviously, this is something that I would have hoped anyway. But when you, whenever you see, obviously, the negative online gamer backlash to women characters and, you know, characters of different ethnic backgrounds. It, it is good to have it confirmed that, you know, this is just what the majority of players want now. Yeah. And it can allow you to tell more interesting stories and to do more interesting games. Yeah. So I don't really... But it's just nice, obviously, that this survey came back and it was so positive, because I think, you know, I can find the exact numbers, but I think it was quite small for, like, people that weren't interested in comparison. Can I read a tweet? But, yeah, of course. I don't know if you saw this. Hang on. Yeah, so uh, at Stillgrey on Twitter tweeted a screenshot of uh, the new Call of Duty where it said, like, uh, select your gender, and it said uh, it says classified male or female or non-binary, and they posted that with a caption. I don't think there were non-binary people back in the 1980s Call of Duty, and someone replied to that. Uh, at Double Press Zero replied... In Call of Duty, you can get shot in the face with a shotgun at point-blank range, <laughs> hide behind a bush and fully recover, yet being able to play as a non-binary is what breaks the realism for Ian. <laughs> yeah, that's just... Oh, that's Ian Miles Chong. He's just... He's just... He gets... I think he has... His, his official job title is getting dunked on on Twitter. <laughs> but it was the same as, like, when you could play as, like... Uh, a diverse set of characters in the most recent fingers, like the, either one of the World War Two or World War One games, mm. and they're like, "Oh, the majority of people in the World Wars were, you know, white men." It's like, yeah, but you're you're also like firing like bazookas and like getting shot and respawning. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 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 silly. Some of the criticism, some of the ways that games are in quotes political and yeah. in quotes uh, unimmersive is kind of dumb <laughs> yeah well because the thing like surely the studios will know as well like if, if people see themselves represented more you're going to get more players <laughs> yeah it's not it's not hard no really to and also the studios it's kind of like a win anyway because clearly these people are still buying these games to take the screenshots and complain mm. so valve uh have had a good week at the 2020 vr awards um this uh, held virtually because of COVID, but also that's quite kind of funny for VR awards. <laughs> uh, they won the prize for both uh, hardware of the year for its um, for its index mm-hmm. headset that they released, and Half Life Alex uh, was game of the year mm. for VR. So that was quite good for them because Valve don't really release many games anymore. Uh, they just kind of sit and let the Steam money keep everything going. Mm. Uh, but it seems that when they do make stuff, they still make it good. Yeah, cool. 
still not really into the old VR thing. I don't, I don't know, really know anyone that's got it, which is interesting that it's... My dad has got it. Oh, really? Cool. He got a, um Oculus, one of the new Oculuses for his uh, 60th birthday. Oh, sweet. So, um, I got some video through of my brother, my mum and my dad all just doing different games. Nice. But obviously you're just filming them with these headsets on. Yeah. This is, these are the ones with the self-contained headsets as well. Yeah. So just sat on the sofa doing like the different games and stuff. It's been <laughs> I was able to, I was able to use it uh when I went down and visited. So are they recently. The games are they are they fully fledged games now because I remember sort of a couple of years ago they were all sort of 20 minute stories and stuff and have they... I think you can get things that are more game like. Yeah. Obviously you've got stuff like those like that like Darth Vader game and stuff like that. Vader Immortal, one. yeah. And you've got like the VR versions of stuff like Doom. Does that do it in uh, chapters? I, I wouldn't, they're definitely not like thirty-hour. No. Do you have? Do they, they, do they release them in chapters as well so to make to make more dollar off it? So. <laughs> that was the Star Wars one, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, other games do release fully, and uh, it seems to be quite generous with its demos as well. Okay. Because like when I I I know my brother wants to get the the Star Wars one onto the their VR headset, mm. but. They've been they were able to use it for about a month just doing all the demos that were available. Oh, cool! So it is quite generous in that way. Yeah. Um, but obviously, my parents are more interested in using it for things like you can get like. I sorry, I'm just Google, thinking like, of like Google imag- Earth and stuff like that. Oh, cool! Yeah. I'm just, sorry, I'm just imagining like you finish the demo and it's like yeah, you put your d- details and you pay for the next the the rest of the game and it's just like another five minutes and then <laughs> 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 credits roll yeah no the 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 full game is just the credits <laughs> but no is yeah I think the Valve obviously I've heard good things about their headset but then like you I'm not that fussed about VR mm. just yet so I'd be more interested in like the you know the XR and the the AR mm. stuff what's XR what that's mixed reality. Oh, okay. So overlaying. Yeah. Right. So they overlay it onto mm. what you can already see, like the Microsoft Hololens. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then finally got some Spider-Man stories. So last week we talked about the new Spider-Man costumes. Those are now being confirmed as coming to the PS4 yes! version of Spider-Man as well. Yes. Which is really good. Mm. Uh, really. Well, especially for you, Nick, because that's the one you own. Although I made a, I made a cock up last week. I think I said that the Amazing Spider-Man Two suit is the one going to the, to the remastered and now to the PS4. Uh, it's actually the Amazing Spider-Man One suit, so it's the dark sunglasses lenses. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also, um, instead of. Um, weird product of the week this week we've got cool product of the week Ooh. have you seen hang on the... put a pair of sunglasses on hit me have you seen the um the spider-man miles morales adidas trainers releasing this month i have yeah there was some uh controversy wasn't there on the switch to adidas but i i prefer adidas so yeah i'm, I'm i'd be hyped for this i think they look cool yeah yeah, so that's the thing. Usually these, these weird products are like Mega Man Urns or whatever. Like. Yeah. Hang on, I'm going to quickly get the picture up. Yeah, people people were... Because normally he wears uh, Air Max, I think. Hmm. Um, but now he's, he's switched to Adidas. But I, I think they're cooler. And Oh, yeah, those shoes are beautiful. 
Yeah, I'd, def- mm. I'd definitely get a pair of those. So, I mean, I'm not sure. Um, they'll probably be quite expensive, won't they? Yeah, they did a they did Mandalorian ones quite recently as well. I did ask. They've sort of really lent into sort of nerd culture, I think, and they're doing a lot more. Well, I think they probably saw how well it's worked for Vans. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you can get Vans for like every every franchise now, can't you? Yeah. Okay, so according to GameBite, uh, the Square Enix Avengers game has dropped 96% of its online players since launch. Um, Square Enix also posted a $48 million operating loss. Critical reception has been mixed. Fair to say the release has been a bit of a bomb, so to speak, hasn't it? Yes. Um, and then the some of the criticisms are things such as, like, the game is a bit bit grindy mm. it's a bit you know wave after wave of generic enemies mm. which is not the bit of the avengers films we wanted you to copy no <laughs> so is the third act that's a bit of a chore isn't it yeah and then there's been other comments about how like the models look like you know off-brand mcu mm. and you know, other things like that yeah but so today we weren't going to spend too much time flogging that game i think it's done that well enough itself <laughs> what we were going to do instead is discuss that if Square had been smart and had come to us <laughs> uh, for our Avengers game ideas, what would we have said to them? Exactly. So I was going to say, I've got some here. Shall we start off the one we discussed last week? Yeah, so yeah, we had a guest on last week, Morgan, and we spoke briefly about the Avengers game and the idea that we sort of all came up with like a... Uh, Start off with the individual games, which I think would have been pretty cool. Yeah, so in a similar way to the MCU, starting with Iron Man, you'd have like Iron Man the game, Mm. and then Captain America the game. And you could have made them all very interesting gameplay as well, that then you sort of converge into one game. Because, like, I don't know if you ever saw stuff about like the Ultimate Hulk destruction game from like the PS2, where everything is destructible and you're just this sort of. This little, gr- this big green ball of destruction that basically everything he touches just explodes. Um, yeah, and that would have been a really fun sort of new or remastered game. And then you could have had like a, a World War Two sort of Captain America game. You could have had like a God of War Thor game, or God of War style Thor game. You could have just had these sort of really interesting individual projects, like Spider Man mm. was. And then, and you'd have probably made them all, all comparable enough that it wouldn't be too much. Like obviously, it'd all be like the same kind of overarching planning that you'd have the film, so that when you put them all together, their styles all kind of gel. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, a lot of games are made in like you'd make them all in just a common engine, and then port, you know, putting them all together wouldn't have been too bad. You just had to balance their powers against each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would have been really good. You could have had like it'd have been like a spy been Espionage. Espionage. <laughs> Talking too much like James Bond from last week. Uh, for like Black Widow. Mm. Uh, Hawkeye probably would have just turned up in someone else's game like he did in the MCU. <laughs> but no, I think that would have been a good idea. And it would have been. I think sometimes, especially film companies or big media companies, just don't think about their game strategy. No. In the same way that they think, like they're like, oh, here's all this coordinated media. Like Doctor Who earlier, 
here's all this coordinated media, like of comics, of audiobooks, of animated series, of all of this. Mm. But then you say Doctor Who, can you make a video game? And they're just like, no. <laughs> they just don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And it's not that games are that, you know, it's not that difficult to think of like a fun game, I hope. Obviously, games take a lot more uh, budget, mm. or they can take a lot more budget, depending on obviously the scale scale of the game. Yeah, I mean, they could be simple. Yeah, I think some of the, I think the trick would be with like an event, you know, an MCU in game form. Yeah. Is that not all of them were like sprawling 40 hour stories? Yeah. Because you'd need one, I think you'd need one or two that were like short fun puzzle almost like more puzzle games and yeah but just puzzle games in the respect that like portal is where it's still like taking place in 3d environments and stuff and that is what would get like people into it hmm. like you have like your gateway ones yeah well i like sort of along those lines i had an idea of um having something sort of akin to lego avengers but sort of with the sort of uh, the story and the and the graphics of like uh, an original story and, and original graphics and everything like that, but like kind of reliantly, so kind kind of like Star Wars Republic Heroes. Yeah, kind of. But I'm I'm thinking more like it's reliant on co-op. So like we've been, well, we've been we'll we'll start a new series called A Way Out soon on the Ono Projectors Arcade channel. Nice plug. Um, <laughs> where it's entirely dependent on co-op there's like there's entire sort of uh, levels where you have to kind of do the old hang on to each other's back and climb up the wall kind of thing without each other you can't progress the story I think that would have been cool I mean it's it's complicated but like if you're doing this big like sort of uh, Avengers game that's going to be like a um, uh, the benchmark for, for the franchise kind of thing like wh- why not spend a bit longer on it and and I know Square Enix spent seemingly like 50 years on this game, but um, (laughs) (laughs) like I think it'd be really cool if you have something like that, but every Avenger has like a different skill set which you need. And you know, like in the Lego games, you could sort of you do the little you press triangle and or whatever it's on Xbox, and you merge to like a different character. Yeah, maybe maybe when you want to play it on your own, you can do something like that, and all the other Avengers are kind of following you with you and you can just kind of morph to another avenger when you need that power rather than it seems like in the in the game as it currently stands it's kind of very much you play as this character then you play as this character then you play as this character i think it'd be cool to sort of and the story is just slowly bring them all together like the story doesn't have to be massive in scale either no like not until the third act because if you think about it one of the challenges in the first avengers film was when obviously the airship gets attacked. Yes. And that would have been when you have two people working in tandem. You'd have one person like going into the engine as Iron Man and the other person fighting off enemies and pulling the lever as Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, that would be And worth then the it. gameplay would cut down to like Thor and Black Widow and like Black Widow would be like escaping the Hulk and Thor would be trying to like get there to like intervene. Yeah. It, there is ways to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um and I don't know, maybe like couch co-op, split screen um, as well. Just because I, I think like doing doing that as an online thing would bring up all sorts of problems, sort of tagging in and out. It's what works well about Lego is that you can, if if another player isn't playing, the other character just kind of follows you around. 
Um, mm. Whereas if if you've obviously got two players playing and someone else tags in, they just pick up one of those characters. So I think like that could be quite a cool way of doing things. Um, basically, basically just Lego Avengers is what I'm <laughs> what I'm pitching. So what your pitch? What you what, what our first pitch is is just more of what we've already seen. <laughs> Basically. But just with better graphics and not Lego. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, you you mentioned there about sort of the events of the first Avengers movie. Why not revive film tie-in games? Um, one that I think would lend itself quite well to an Avengers game as well is an Infinity War tie-in game where you play as Thanos obtaining the Infinity Stones because then you've kind of got that ever-increasing level of skills and power and things that you can use you start off just sort of bare fists and you kind of get to the end of the game i think that would be a cool tie-in game and that has like a progressing character yeah that's what i mean yeah doesn't it because with each stone you get more ability yeah exactly and you can sort of have like a sort of skill tree that you can expand and, and use use bits of each stone you could even play out the decimation of xandar which is a thing you didn't see in the movie i used to love film tie-in games which did that which sort of expanded on the plots of some of their films slightly um yeah that's a kind of dead genre we should actually talk about at some point because it's kind of well the thing is a lot of those kind of games have just become like mobile titles but they've just been reduced on like a shoestring budget instead yeah so now it's no longer like a proper tie-in game it's just like this is a tie-in to Despicable Me 4 it's just Tetris <laughs> of minions <laughs> Um, but kind of going down that sort of route Mm. what um, well what you were saying obviously about having the characters and switching them around and stuff Mm. what I think would be interesting is like an Avengers top down RPG Mm -hmm. so you know like not so much Pokemon but you know other like almost like Final Fantasy-ish and you're kind of walking around the overworld and you'd start with just one person and you'd be like recruiting the other heroes throughout the story mm. and then it'd be like very exp based so that would like power up each character in turn and you could swap out your party members yeah with like proper turn based combat as well so it'd be rather cartoony in style it would definitely be more like in the close to comic aesthetic than the film aesthetic yeah but it'd be like a really solid character experience and also rpgs just like comics are known for having absolutely nuts storylines <laughs> so it wouldn't be out of place for an Avengers game yeah I mean then you could still have like the individual party members having abilities yeah like again like the Lego almost like certain buttons that only certain characters can do like maybe a pad and then on the pad obviously Iron Man can like fly up and go to an area that only he can access kind of thing mm. but I was thinking back as to like what would be actually different for doing these kind of games and like I know I think there would be an audience for like a turn-based Avengers RPG yeah like from like the people I've seen talking on like Twitter and stuff about like the actual Avengers game like that's definitely got a fan base to it still I think Mm, definitely and also if you made like the story quite like good and fan servicey and you made like all the moves like references to stuff from the comics like it might be like too too niche to like the hardcore fans but I reckon a lot of people would get on board Mm. yeah definitely that'd be really fun Um, I think maybe one of the problems with the game as it currently runs as well is that 
I've heard the multiplayer isn't like as ingrained as you might think. Yeah, I've isn't it kind of like horde battles or whatever? Or just yeah, like... I think there's like side missions and stuff that you can sort of just yeah drop in and drop out on multiplayer. Whereas I think like the original pitch was this big sort of can like uh, collect it was like grab your friends and be the event yeah exactly and and I think that's not really the game they they delivered in the end um, yeah they they were more they wanted to get their players in and then just have it be like a service mm. game like which had like more you know drip feed of content and the base game didn't really change but you came back and it had more installments and I guess that kind of fits a a model like comic books where you know the new issue is out mm. i.e. the new mission let's go play it but when like the multiplayer isn't front and centre mm. it kind of and also it needs to be like a fun multiplayer experience because like I don't know compare it to something like Sea of Thieves where it's not where it's all it's completely multiplayer mm. but you're just like a pirate crew together mm. and that's something where you can kind of create your own fun as well and I think from what I've seen, there isn't that kind of aspect to the Marvel game. Because obviously it needs to follow some kind of plot. There's less ability for you and your friends just to doss around. Mm. Like there is in like GTA Online, so... I think maybe another thing they maybe didn't get quite right was they kind of... They riffed very much on the sort of... Those original six movie Avengers. Six? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Plus Kamala Khan, which obviously is a good addition. Yeah, yeah, Miss Marvel's a cool, a cool addition, and that's like a very different gameplay as well. But like, why not mm. sort of more sort of stranger roster of characters like Quicksilver with the sort of unique super speed a bit like gameplay, Ant Man with the ability to shift size, um, Falcon with with flight, War Machine where it's just like this unlimited cargo of weapons. Have you heard of Dragon Ball Xenoverse? No. So Dragon Ball Xenoverse is kind of... It's one of those create-your-own-character games. Mm. So you choose your race as, like, Saiyan or Namek or Frieza or Ace or... And, but what it is, is you are working for something called the Time Patrol. Mm. And it's basically other time-based villains are going back to pre-established events and, like, changing things so that the heroes lose. Right, okay. And you have to go into these cracks in time and turn up at the same time and then help the heroes still win against, like, these changed odds. Okay. But also, through the game, you can play as, like, the main, like, all the roster of characters and they'll, like, be your, like, mentors and, men like, stuff like that. It's very, obviously, incredibly non-canon. Mm. Like, my God. So, <laughs> yeah. No. It just, it's just like, okay, here is two different versions of this character from two different uh, canons from <laughs> Dragon Ball interact. It's very fan service. Yeah. But obviously this is not beyond the realm of what Marvel could do with Doctor Strange. Yeah. And something that you could do, you could do it even within like the Marvel films as they exist, is have somebody show, like, drop, like, one of the future villains, like drop the Mandarin into the original Iron Man to team up with Jeff Bridges. Mm. And then, and what it always did was it introduced each mission with basically the hero getting there, like basically getting killed. <laughs> and they were just all watching from like this future, from this future dimension and being like, hmm, that's not good. You know, they're distorting the timeline and we've got to go fix it. Right, yeah. 
but through it, obviously, you're interacting with all the characters, you've got all that fan service moment, you've got that bit which a lot of players like, which is the, I'm playing as my own hero character. Yeah. And then you can kind of build it from there, and you could have it go through the the whole MCU. Mm. And then you get, they have things called um, parallel quests, which is just basically fan service scenarios where it is just like a self-contained mission. Mm. And that as well did have like co-op, so you could do like stuff together yeah. over the, online and stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds wicked. So, I mean, the game itself is a bit of a button masher yeah. in terms of Xenoverse gameplay, but that's just because Dragon Ball is a fighting game. Yeah. So, whilst it does have like a RPG system and you get like experience and you get like moves you can swap out and abilities, um, you are basically going in and punching the bad guy really hard in the face. <laughs> But I did think I was just trying to I was like trying to think of what what would make like if I was just given like the reins to Avengers what kind of game do I think would be fun? Mm. I was like actually I did play the entire I'd complained that it was a button masher but I played all of Xenoverse one. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, and like having Doctor Strange like be like the lead in it mm. and be like, oh no, this is a distortion in in time. We need to go and like sort it basically we need to keep sanctity of the timeline yeah would tie in obviously to uh the the chat between bruce banner and um tilda swinton <laughs> tilda swinton damn it. <laughs> yeah no that sounds really cool what we're saying is we've got many better ideas <laughs> than square Enix. yeah unfortunately it, it is what happens when you see your franchise is just like a cash in yeah. rather than I think the like the problem was as well is that they just sort of they led with the 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 design of the the original six as well was just so off putting because they just looked like like they 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 put them sort of too similar to the Avengers movie characters but just not different enough so yeah. yeah like that is the one consistent cri- critique I've seen in a lot of the reviews mm. is how they just look like off brand movie Avengers yeah and yeah it's a lot of the like the costume switches and stuff aren't very good as well like compared to like Spider-Man mm. like I think the if for single hero games like the best ones are probably what Spider-Man and Batman Arkham yeah yeah definitely and obviously those are very based around their individual characters obviously it is a bit more difficult when you've got like the big group team up mm. to because you couldn't have well you could to be fair you could still do like a stealth thing but each of you are a different Avenger kind of yeah and you're like sneaking up on a facility like you've got Iron Man like approaching from the sky the others all like sneaking in on the ground yeah yeah it's just very disappointing yeah it could have been it could have been something incredible um but it just wasn't and maybe that's our own fault for holding too much expectation these days <laughs> yeah so we were we're all spoiled too- that's the problem <laughs> too optimist not enough cynical exactly and then the only other thing I wrote down was like do you know what a metroidvania is no so a metroidvania is just a type of game obviously popularised by metroid and castlevania where you're just in a big map which opens up with the more abilities you find elsewhere in the map right it's a 2D platformer but like for Metroid because of because uh, Samus Aran obviously is a robotics is Samus is in a robotic suit yeah so obviously that compares to Iron Man is like 
she finds her missiles and then that opens up like certain doors and then finds like the ice beam that opens up certain areas and that is it's like natural expansion of the map mm. because you can't go to these areas without it I'm not sure if that would work for like full Avengers unless you had like a Paper Mario system where you can just be swapping out Avengers on the fly to like clear certain gaps. Well, that's that's what I meant about the sort of the the Lego-ish sort of system where you've kind of they're all there, but you can kind of like press triangle and it like shifts to a different Avenger, and that Avenger has a certain yeah. Like in the in the old Lego games, you, in the Star Wars ones, you had to switch to someone with the Force to do certain things, and then some a droid for opening certain doors. It's that kind of yeah. thing where it, it feels like it's worth playing as all all the characters as well rather than from what I heard you can sort of just go in and like mash as the Hulk in in the Avengers game online and and you don't really need to feel the need to swap out to other characters kind of thing yeah the last thing I wrote was just why did it need to again this is something this is down to sort of having it too similar to to just just about too similar to the original movies um in that what they didn't have to deal with any of the rights issues that the movies had to in the early days like why not just have this big universe that's filled with it's got the fantastic four the x-men spider-man's knocking around why not just have that as like this massive sort of infinite roster of characters rather than just show us the six we've seen yeah. before well, that's the f- thing uh for in the last week i've been looking back at old series i've done one of the first let's plays i ever did was with vicky and it was marvel lego marvel lego superheroes mm. and that just was like it was almost prior to everyone getting all up about their rights and stuff as marvel films started to take off and i think everyone started to try and work out which exact heroes they had the rights to to be protective yeah. of yeah but like the story just goes from like okay we're gonna it was just new york and it was like okay we're playing as these heroes over here but now we're over at the x-men academy over here and now we're at um you know, the Fantastic Four over here. Yeah, wicked. We're gradually bringing everyone together over here. The final boss is just Galactus attacking the uh, Avengers airship. And you switch between not only the heroes, but the villains. It's a very light-hearted plot, mm. but it's all you really needed. Yeah, for sure. Hire us <laughs> to make your stuff better. Or just hire Lego, because that's, that's where we keep ending up. <laughs> yeah, or just make more Lego Marvel games (laughs) like those are all pretty fun until they just decided they couldn't be bothered with original stories anymore and now I think the most recent Lego Avengers is just the films isn't it yeah didn't play it well I'm less interested in playing that like I think I preferred the Marvel I preferred the original story of the Marvel one because it was like embracing the Lego-ness of it as well yeah the silliness whereas obviously if they're following just the plot of the film they'll just dot along in the plot of the film you know what's going to happen yeah So that's going to do us for another episode of the Cynical Optimist podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hollow Projectors. You can also follow us on Twitch at Hollow Projectors. The discussions from these episodes go up on YouTube during the week, mm-hmm. which is the Hollow Projectors YouTube channel. We also have the Hollow Projectors Arcade, where we are uploading, at the moment, daily Let's Plays, but they are just our old ones moving so they're all under one roof. But in December, we're going to be starting uh, a Hat and Time DLC, which is between me and Vicky. 
and A Way Out. Yeah. Which is a purely co-op kind of puzzle, kind of prison escape game, which is me and Nick trying to work together. Does it work? <laughs> no. Gonna have to find out we, when that series starts in a few weeks. We cannot work together. It's it's impossible. What we do for this show is that we write we just write one person's dialogue and then the other person writes theirs and we just record it separately and then we just mush, mush it together in the edit. And Nick didn't even send me the script of what he said just then, so I've got to guess <laughs> that he was saying something about how we work together, Greg. <laughs> uh, we are also we have other shows that we're working on. We've got uh, Beggar's Canon, which is looking at the uh, expanded universe for Star Wars that was made uh, Legends, mm. and seeing what from it we think could be made canon again. Mm-hmm. We're working gradually on that. We'll have a season of that in 2021. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at, at, at Projectors. Um, you can follow my personal on Twitter at BeggarsCanon. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as HollowPhil. A lot of my tweets are just uh, retweeting the Hollow Projectors or ABK, mm-hmm. which is the channel I do with my sister Vicky. We had our 10-year anniversary stream on Friday. Mm-hmm. Which we actually did on the Hollow Projectors Twitch, <laughs> uh, and we'll be doing a bit more streaming probably in the future. So follow us on Twitch to watch us do either solo or team up streams. Mm. I think that is about everything. Next week, as we kind of alluded to earlier, we will be taking a look at the current status of Doctor Who in time for its 57th birthday <laughs> the true milestone year uh, but until then uh, take care we'll see you next week I've been Phil I've been Nick thank you very much for listening we'll see you next time bye This week, we're taking a look at the lacklustre reception to the reverb. Fuck. <laughs> just woken up, that's a problem. Uh, Have you had a cup I'll, of tea? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'll wake up once we get into it. Yeah. <sighs>